1: for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com.
2: In the 21st century, hard work.
1: two moving iron Podcast. i got alan hoskins back here from american farm mortgage and you are the national sales director and president right did i get it right finally
3: yes sir yes you, did, Casey. you got it 20
1: 27 times and i finally got it right look at that <laughs> best day ever yeah so alan is nice enough to come on and talk about what's happening in uh, the world of finance as far as from a banker's perspective and alan it's uh, always honored to have you on how you doing man
3: I'm doing well, Casey. always enjoy being on here. It's a great program, and uh, I feel it a privilege that I can be here. Thank you. Uh, the privilege is all mine,
1: sir. So thanks for coming on. A lot of stuff happening out there. The Fed came out on the 25th and talked about you know raising up another quarter. I'd love your reaction to, to Chairman Powell's kind of speech. it was It was the, I felt like it was, I did this because I said I was going to do it. I'm a man of my word, and I'm going to keep it even though maybe I didn't need to. And we're gonna do it in December because by God, we said we were, and I'm, I'm a man of my word. Maybe if I don't need to do it or not, doesn't matter, we're gonna make it happen. But he did throw around some, some verbiage in there that said, hey, you know, the, the economy is strengthening. We're starting to see some things um, kind of fall in line where you want to. In, um, inflation's falling kind of back to where you wanted to see it. It's on its way there. But a lot of that rhetoric I heard was kind of like, because I had to, you know. I, because mm-hmm. I said I would. I mean, what's what's your reaction to what some of his, his comments were?
3: Well, I, I think you captured them very well. It does seem to be that I'm committing to do something, and I did it. Perhaps some of that could be attributable, and I don't know this, but perhaps some of that could be attributable to the fact that they were a little slow to pull the trigger earlier yep. than what maybe should have been. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Relative to future, in December, we'll see what happens between now and then. Uh, certainly wouldn't want to predict that they'll follow through with it. Uh, there does seem to be, if you look at how the stock market reacted, uh, there there was not a negative reaction this time, as yeah. we've seen previously in some cases. So it would seem that you summarized that very well. It's I said we were going to do this. I did it and now we're going to watch and see what the outcome is there's a lot of time between now and december and obviously there's going to be several sets of economic data that will be released we're going to be looking at quarterly earnings from major corporations during that period of time so i suspicion that they'll be watching those very closely you know that I would not want the Chairman's position. It's a delicate balancing act regardless of what administration is in power. Sure. So it's going to be interesting to see what commentary that we hear come out between now and then and see if there is indeed another increase or at what point in the future do they look at data and say maybe we need to reverse course a little bit. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I think the inflation number is going to be very important to watch, and I think that seems to be the chairman's hot button.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, Yeah, I think you're right. And you know, you're you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. When you're the 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 chair, Fed, it doesn't matter. Like anybody else, it's like the Mm -hmm. USDA. Everyone hates them, Mm -hmm. no matter what they do,
3: (laughs) no matter what report says. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you look at the American public in general, right now depositors love what's been going on because we're seeing uh, investment rates. If you look at certificates of deposit, for example, we're seeing CDs back up at levels we haven't seen in multiple years. If you're a borrower, you're certainly not a fan of what's going sure. on presently because yeah. we've seen interest rates, in effect, more than double. And yeah. candidly, some of the younger borrowers that are in place right now have never seen these type of rates. So it's a little bit of a rate shock to them.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think there's there's a lot of stuff to watch there. And as you continue to kind of watch these things progress to the end of the year, I think we're going to see some other things take place. So let's talk about that a little bit. Looking towards the end of the year. um mm-hmm profitability this year looking at where crop prices are right now and this big shot up that we've seen on some geopolitical stuff and some weather stuff that we see coming up um that russia ukraine thing was kind of a sleeper now it's kind of back on the table as a fuel uh for this volatility that we're seeing in the marketplace um this heat that we're seeing right now we got a lot of rain in some places that needed it but it was short-lived and now we're back to some heavy heat and that's drying mm-hmm. back out corn pollination going on you know we're not too far away from pod setting here when you start looking at <coughs> the uh, uh, the market as far as, as soybeans go so you start seeing what that looks like so we got some weather scares there um, section one seventy nine I think is something that is probably an an, un, an an overlooked conversation I think a little bit when you're looking mm-hmm. at where we're at now because that's that's not there anymore like it's been in the past that's been in effect for how long twenty 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 years, basically, I guess, right? Since about two thousand and eight, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that was a big deal. You know, you fully depreciate something in the first year instead of your standard five or seven year depreciation schedule, whichever you're using. So that's gonna that's gonna change uh, a lot of tax liability situations that we see happening. And what and how's that gonna fuel what we see happening there? I guess so. Alan, as you're looking at what profitability should look like going into twenty at the end of twenty three plus. Tax ramifications with not having Section 179 available. As you're looking into 24, what are some of your thoughts about profitability and and, and
3: overall uh, on-farm income? I guess uh, for the customers you're working with. Sure. Well, first of all, I would reasonably think, Casey, that we're going to see increased variability in profitability, yeah. just simply because if you look at where production is located in the U.S., you you've seen folks that have had Significant levels of rain that others haven't. You've seen folks that have had storms, uh, for example, a derecho that affects certain areas that doesn't. I, I think variability, I would somewhat believe variability in 2023 is going to be greater perhaps than what we saw in 2022. Obviously, we don't know how we're going to finish the year out yet. But the heat, it's going to be very... I think interesting to look back in about six months when we have some data that we can look at and see how hybrids maybe played roles in minimizing loss due to heat. Mm -hmm. I think that we're going to see management practices probably significantly affect the yield as well. So my key word is probably variability in what we're going to see in 2023 for profitability, depending upon where the person's located. But more importantly, Casey, and we've talked about this before, the variability is going to be due in large part to management practices as well as far as sure. the market plans that they have in place, how effectively they utilize the risk management tools such as crop insurance to be able to minimize the impact of any downside to their operation. The Section 179... I think we kind of somewhat got a little bit prepared for that if you look at what happened in 2021, 2022, and 2020 as it relates to the limited availability of equipment. And I think guys have had to, and girls, have had to modify some of their tax planning a little bit because of the limited availability that was out there previously on items to be able to acquire at the end of the year. So I I think perhaps that that's going to, I won't say... Mitigate it, but perhaps cushion it. The other thing that I think is going to be very important is for lenders, equipment dealers, accountants to make sure that producers are aware of all modifications and make sure that we're not seeing anyone surprised as we get yep. toward the end of the year yep. about what's changed. You know, that's I think a role that all of us that are fortunate enough to work with producers in the industry. I think that's a role that we all should play, and not just on Section 179, but there are there's a lot of good information out there that those of us that again have the good fortune of working producers have access to, and I think it's imperative that we share that information, not from a dictatorial perspective, and the resp- from the standpoint we're not telling someone what to do we're just making them aware of information that they may or may not otherwise be knowledgeable of so yep. that they can use that in their tool belt and how to manage their operation more effectively yep I don't think
1: you're I think you're right <clears throat> I think you're right there Alan so last question here so when you're looking out uh, through the end of the year um, talk a little bit about what you're seeing um, you know if the Fed comes in in December and does raise the rate again like they're talking about we're going to be at what five and five and a half or five and three quarter
3: be five and three quarters if if you convert that over to prime that would put prime at eight point seven five if there was a quarter point increase
1: i see you're looking at eight point seven
3: five
1: roughly as you go into 24 as you go into renewal season what are some of the i guess what are some of the things you're going to be paying attention to and what are some of the things producers should be thinking about as they roll into that time
3: of the year I think, number one, looking at their interest cost as a percent of their total gross revenue. And n- looking at that both from a historical perspective and a future perspective. Obviously, interest expense is a deductible item. Principle is not. So it's making sure that they look at how interest is a portion of their gross revenue calculation, looking at how many dollars out of their gross revenue are they truly spending on interest, and are they projecting to spend on interest? Obviously, in today's world with larger operations than we saw 20, 30 years ago, operating lines, which typically are the most interest rate sensitive, those are the ones that are going to, I think, tell the tale more quickly. Uh, They're still, obviously, on equipment trades... You're seeing increased interest rates as well. Sure, absolutely. But, but not everyone is trading. Sure. Hopefully, folks took advantage of the low interest rate environment that was in effect up till about 18 months ago, you got a significant portion of the real estate locked in. I think also looking at future purchases, I think that it's important that operations still look at expansion opportunities. However, I think it's Why is that they're very judicious in looking at how a future land acquisition fits to the long-term perspective of their operation? Because if we get to a point, and I'm not saying we will, but if we get to a point where we do start to see land values adjust a little bit, the option that folks have had over the past few years of being able to liquidate a parcel of land, number one, very quickly, And number two, in all likelihood, at a level of at least what they paid for it if it was a recent acquisition, that option may or may not be there going forward. So I I think it certainly makes sense for them to look at how can we make sure this is a good fit for us long term. The other thing, Casey, that I'll say I think is a good thing for operations to consider if they are in a position where they're looking at transitioning over to the next generation. There's a couple of guaranteed loan programs, there's a couple of programs through Farm Service Agency on the Beginning Farmer Program and the Joint Financing Program that still offer some very very attractive interest rates and it potentially is a vehicle that can be utilized to move land over to the next generation and take advantage of what are still some very low interest rates on the direct side of the financing that fsa is doing in conjunction with financing that they'll do with another lender i think there's a good tool that operations may want to start looking at a little bit if they are at a point where they're wanting to start transitioning some land right sounds good
1: makes a lot of sense there alan all right alan i appreciate you being on the podcast any final thoughts you want to throw out there before we close down
3: the thing that I would say, Casey, is just making sure that folks are more preactive pardon me, more proactive than normal and making sure that they are updating cash flows and understanding changes that may affect them from a tax perspective, preferably doing that before they get into harvest, anticipating some yields, anticipating prices, and looking at those numbers so that they're making some potential decisions or at least developing some plans now that can be enacted this fall based upon two or three different scenarios, as opposed to waiting until the end of the year to do tax planning or management planning in a little bit more of a hurried nature when that's traditionally how bad decisions can be made. Right on.
1: Appreciate you being the podcast, Alan. Folks want to reach out to you and get more information on
3: what you're doing over at American Farm Mortgage. What's the best way to do that? sure they can reach out to me by email it's uh, ahoskins at americanfarmmortgage.com uh, they can also reach out to us uh, directly through telephone which again i love to talk to people directly through the american farm mortgage number so look forward to receiving any thoughts or feedback that anyone has appreciate the opportunity to be be a part of your showcase it's a, it's a great program
1: well, thanks, John. I appreciate that, and guests like you make it make me look good, so I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on, man. We'll uh, talk to you next month, man. Have a good uh, rest of this one, and we'll talk to you soon.
3: All right. Thanks, Casey.
1: Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Go over to the YouTube channel, see the video version of this at the moving iron podcast youtube channel and you can go to moving iron llc for everything moving iron related and get all the information for the upcoming moving iron summit which you have about uh what do you got five six days to get registered for that so if you're interested in that sign up there give me an email moving iron podcast podcast movingironpodcast.com and i will make sure to answer your questions so with that i'm casey seymour with alan hoskins let's move some iron folks